Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Radio Omniglot podcast. My name is Simon Ager. Today is Friday the 1st of May 2020 and I'm recording this in Bangor in North Wales. This episode features an interview with a friend of mine, Chris Broham from Denmark and it was recorded via Skype so the quality is not always perfect but it should be okay. Today I have a special guest with me, Chris Broham. And we're going to talk about language learning, his podcast, Danish, and whatever else comes to mind. So, welcome, Chris. Well, thank you, Simon. Thanks for having me. And, um, you know, you make a podcast, don't you? Yes, the actual fluency podcast. Uh, I've been doing that for a little over five years now. So wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's time pretty good. And you've been on it. Yeah, and I've been uh, on it, yeah. And lots of people I know have been on it, yeah. Yeah, 170 five episodes I think we're up to now so over there what my goal really is to motivate and inspire people who want to learn languages by kind of showcasing other people who did it and how they did it and what they got out of it so we've got a lot of great stories of epic travels and anecdotes and a lot of people who achieved really fantastic experiences just because they started learning a language or you know so it went far with the language uh, in other cases Okay. And would you call these people you interview um, experts at language learning, or are they just ordinary people who manage to learn languages? Oh, definitely the the latter. I think I have a few uh, unicorns on the podcast, you know, people like uh, Richard Simcott and uh, Alex Rawlings, these people who manage to learn an incredible number of languages to a, to a high level in a very short time. Yeah. But I would say 99% of the guests are completely regular people with no kind of special talents or abilities who just kind of found languages and decided to do more of it. Okay. And they've done it for a really long time. And then you, you, you know, the numbers add up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what kind of things have you learned from talking to all these people? Would you say? I've learned how amazing languages really are for so many reasons. You've got the, the classical kind of for jobs and careers, you know, you can apply for more jobs, you can work abroad, uh, but also personal, uh, personally, it's for, it's a good thing for having something to do. So it's kind of like a hobby, kind of like solving Sudoku puzzles, you know, it's like, it's brain gymnastics, but yeah. <laughs> amazing, uh, benefits socially. Like if you've ever gone to, a restaurant where you speak like well i mean a, a foreign restaurant i suppose where you speak the language of the the kind of the wait staff or or the chef you just get such a different experience when or if you compared to going in speaking english where they might understand you and i really think that's that's it basically you can say a few words in a foreign language boom completely different experience and what i've learned on the podcast is just how many different ways you get, you can have that experience, you know, from people who have found love and married and lived abroad for 15 years, you know, people who got jobs, people who travel the world, uh, paying no money because they spoke the language, you know, got invited to people's houses. And, you know, there's some crazy stories uh, on the podcast of, of just where basically languages paved the way for it. And I think everyone uh, can imagine that if you speak the language of the person you you're meeting then you just get such a different connection and uh that's oh, yeah. pretty yeah sorry <laughs> what was that is it lagging a little bit no no carry on there there was a, a it cut out a bit there oh okay i hope i hope it's working now yeah and 
And um, the other thing is there's no secret to it. You know, when I started the podcast back in 2014, mm. I only had only done language learning in school. I mean, yeah. I think I, I might have bought like a teachers of French once and listened to like the CD for 10 minutes or maybe I downloaded <laughs> Rosetta Stone and I thought, this is crap. I don't want to use this. Yeah. Um, but basically all my language learning and all my language skills, which were still not amazing. And today I, I haven't improved that much, but, um, it was all school language learning. So I didn't know exactly what the, how could you learn 20 languages to me? That's just crazy or 10 languages or five languages even by yourself. Yeah. And so what I learned from interviewing all these people who had actually done it was, you know, a, there weren't any, anything special. It's not like there was some kind of, a prodigy or some kind of people who finished a university at age 12 or, you know, they weren't, they weren't genius, geniuses. Um, no. and second thing was there really was no secret. I spent over, like I said, over 170 episodes trying to find the secret to like, uh, easily learning languages or quickly learning many languages. Mm. And I just realized there wasn't one. There's no. it's just, it's just continuous effort. Yeah. And like our good friend, Anthony Lauder, who, um, it's having a rough time now, so I hope he, he feels better soon. But he said that learning two languages is easy. Mm. You learn one and then you learn another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody learns two languages at once or five languages at once. You learn one language. Yeah. And then you learn another language. You can't learn two languages in the same second. <laughs> you know, no. at any, any given moment, you only yeah. learn one language. So that's, that's very true. Yeah. That's the secret. That was yes. the secret to learning. Uh, his easy formula for learning 10 languages was yeah. learn nine languages and add one. I mean, how can it be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how I go about it, sort of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sequentially, right? What is yes. also. But well, currently I'm I'm working on four languages actually, but right, not all at the same moment, obviously. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I've done a few uh, lessons on in uh, Czech on Duolingo uh, this morning before I got up, and I'll do a few more later on in uh, Russian, Danish, and Swedish. Yeah, I've seen you post a lot of the Danish uh, Duolingo sentences, which are very <laughs> yeah. interesting. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and I, I like the the crazy stuff that comes up because it's memorable. Yeah. And you you might not use that particular sentence, but you may use the words within it and that yeah. structure. So it's it's a good way to learn, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you you see the the structure of the language and you can interchange all the the grammar really. Yeah. You know, the vocabulary too. Yeah, and that's easier with Danish because I find the grammar much easier than say Russian or Czech. Oh yeah. There's barely any grammar in Danish. I mean, we can get into that in, in a moment, but yeah, people should not fear the Danish, uh, the Danish language in terms of grammar, at least. <laughs> no, indeed. Yes. Well, you should know about that, shouldn't you? Because uh, yes, you come from Denmark, don't you? Well, oh, that is a that's I guess that's a highly uh, contested uh, idea, I suppose, because some people argue that when you learn a language natively, then you don't really know anything about the language. Well, it depends how how you're taught at school. You know, in some well, not taught very much actually in in, in the Danish system. Yeah, the, it's it's very basic actually. Like we yeah. might know the names of the grammatical components and we can do basic sentence analysis, but you know, as it gets into university level, then most people will be completely gone and <laughs> wouldn't understand anything. Yeah. So it's more of a I guess we just understand it in what's right and what's wrong and we can't always explain why <laughs> yeah exactly 
and that's why yeah, native speakers aren't automatically good uh, teachers of their own language. No, not at all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. Often, I find that the uh, the the person who's actually learned it later in life has a lot more insights and a lot more kind of um, tips and tricks that a native speaker wouldn't think of. Yeah. And they also compare it more often to other languages. I feel like I don't yeah, know if you've exactly. ever heard that where you're hanging around with a couple of language learners and if you mention something in language A, they're like, oh, that's just like that thing in language B. <laughs> yeah, native speaker might even not even realize there's a pattern or a kind of a that feature in in the same sense as somebody who actually learned the language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. You, when you're a native speaker, you kind of understand things instinct- instinctively, don't you? You kind of yeah. think well, that sounds right, so that must be right. Whereas yeah. as, as a learner, you have to learn everything overtly and say, okay, why why is it like this, and, and just kind of try and work out. How it all yeah. goes together. And an example with Danish about that, actually, which I read recently, is um, for those uh, who don't know, Danish has uh, genders, just two genders, yeah. um, like real life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get into that particular discussion, but uh, yeah. it's basically neuter and uh, uh, what do they call it? Every gender or all gender or something. No, com- common gender. Common gender, that's the one, yeah. Exactly. So it's, there you go. I didn't even know what the word for that was. <laughs> English, but neuter yeah. and uh, and common and um, and uh, obviously doesn't matter at all. Uh, this mm. is one of those things that people get a little bit obsessed about. And I would say, for Danish speakers, we understand everything if you yeah. use the wrong gender, so it's absolutely not a priority. I wouldn't even worry about it if I was teaching someone Danish. Mm. But somebody said that apparently the uh, one of them is more common than the other. First of all. And yeah, they I think said, the, well, the common gender is, is, I think, the most common. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they said there was something like, uh, there was a rule or something, like if it had a certain ending or if there was some kind of rule that you could use to, uh, to use the, uh, maybe it was like, uh, inanimate objects or something. I forgot what the rule was, but basically somebody said, it's supposed to be this because of this rule. And I was like, I've never heard that in my life before. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, I can usually, you know, we just hear it because we've yeah. heard so many times, but there's still debates. Like, and there's also a lot of new loan words uh, mm. from English. Like um, a popular example is like event. Yeah. That's a good Danish word now. Yeah. Um, because we don't have a one that really fits perfectly. Uh, but is it in event or it event? Yeah. Hmm. People uh, disagree <laughs> on that one. So some people will say one, some people will say the other. And I think in the in the dictionary, yeah. it just says whatever you want. <laughs> you can yeah. <laughs> officially you can use both. So um, okay, that's interesting. And is it the yeah, same for have... other loan words from from English or other languages? Uh, and no, it's not. It's not a. It's not a fixed thing. Like uh, for instance, computer, obviously one of the most common loan words. I think uh, that has only. One form, and if yeah. you say the other, you sound a bit silly. Um, okay. I don't know if that's because it's an old loan word or because it's uh, it, there is no kind of consistency in <laughs> in, in, in English. That wouldn't be the first language I've heard of without consistency. But yeah, yeah I, as far as I'm aware, and again, somebody who actually learned Danish as an adult will probably know this way better than I do. But to my knowledge, there are some uncertainty about some loan words, but others are completely. Uh, decided <laughs> some of them are it's only one yeah um so maybe it, it depends how long they've been been used yeah it could be it could be a lot of these tech words uh you know has 
has a you know fixed uh, ones where it, there's no discussion. That computer I just said, nobody yeah. would say it computer. No, it's always in in, in computer. Computer. Yeah. yeah, it keyboard, it tester tool, in moves. Yeah. yeah, you would never say the others for, for tech stuff, but maybe that's the limitation that it's all the tech stuff that's been kind of been in our vocabulary for 30, 40 years now. So it's kind yeah. of been decided upon. <laughs> it's kind of settled down. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. It's interesting that event is a, is a new one. Yeah. It's like they started saying that. And, and it's one of those words where I'm actually not too happy about it because mm-hmm. there are Danish words that would cover it like, uh, Depending on what type of event, of course, but I think yeah. the the problem is that the Danish words are a little bit more concrete, whereas mm. the English event could be literally anything. It could be your birthday party, it could be British yeah. Spears concert, it could be like um, a language conference. You know, it's so generic, mm. so people started saying it, and um, and uh, I think for anyone learning Danish out there, something like arrangement would be close, obviously mm. from French, arrangement. Um, oh right, yeah. That's a very good Danish word that means like basically <laughs> event or basically happening, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's also the word for the musical sheets, which or uh, composition. Yeah. So an arrangement. Yeah, you say in English as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know you're the musician, so I just wanted to double check with you. But uh, yeah. just in case people are curious, it's also yeah, arrangement is. I don't hear that often in English, but I guess you can arrange like a. Yeah, something. you can arrange a piece of music or a song or something for. Yeah, or flower pots or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. But Danish isn't really that bad. Like, the, the biggest problem with Danish is the pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, that's, 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 for me, that's the, the hardest part. That's of it, the challenge. For, yeah. You know, for <laughs> everyone. And we get a lot of flack for it, the Danish people, you know, we're always called like, you know, why are you swallowing potatoes all the time? And you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's in, it's in good spirit. You know, we don't yeah. take it too badly, but, uh, especially from a Norwegian and Swedish, uh, cousins, we get endless, uh, abuse mm. about the way of uh, pronouncing things. So if you're a learner of Danish, I would say, you know, that's what you have to work on. So yeah. when you start, even before lesson one, I would get, Either a, a program that has a, a very big kind of pre-course pronunciation section, mm. or I would simply get a tutor before I even knew a single word, and I would just tell the tutor, "Can yeah. you help go through the sounds here?" And just take like the Wikipedia page or um, like a you know basic, just go through the alphabet. What what do these letters typically sound like? Yeah. Um, so you get a bit of the idea early on, so you don't develop any any bad habits. Because I typically tend to see people either they go, they don't go into the pronunciation enough, so they mm. it sounds very strange, it's just like nowhere near Danish, or they go overboard and they just kind of it's almost like if you were mocking someone, you know how you'd exaggerate everything they say. That's what I see sometimes people do, but I think yeah. that's a place to stop. Oops. It's better to do too much than too little. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, there's, there was the, a, a talk at the um, probably got Davering was it last year, possibly an actor from New York who talked about that. Michael. Uh, Michael Harris was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he said, yeah, when you're starting to learn a language, imitate people and really exaggerate it at first until yeah. you can do it well, and then you can kind of turn it down. 
I think that's essential, yeah, for Danish. And, and we don't mind, you know, Richard uh, Simcoe, a mutual friend of ours, he, he, when he speaks Danish, he sounds very silly. <laughs> yeah. Way over, I mean, he does in English as well, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Danish sounds particularly silly. Yeah. Um, because he's exaggerating and mm. he might not know that, but if, yeah. if, if you do that, it's a good, a good way to kind of scale it down. And the big thing there is that sometimes people have a fear of doing this because they're afraid that it sounds like you're making fun of people, yeah. but you have to remember that native speaker to them, it just sounds like a kind of a supercharged version of their own language. So for them it's a lot less weird than it is for you to try and make it so yeah. <laughs> so don't be afraid to like you know exaggerate and 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 don't be uh, surprised if there's absolutely no reaction to your exaggeration because <laughs> that's their language that's how it sounds you know <laughs> yeah 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 exactly that's yeah, definitely sure. it with the danish i had actually a funny story i had um i had the, a presentation at the polygon gathering in 2015, I think it was, maybe 16. No, it must have been 15. Yeah. You remember in the old hostel building in, uh, in near the state? Yeah. And yeah. I had this presentation called a hundred podcast episodes later. What have I learned from? Oh yeah. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and one of the slides, I just found a screenshot. Now one of my friends had, had saved the, taken a picture of it and saved it on his blog. Mm. Terrible camera quality back then. I don't know why, but, um, the, the slide read, Impossible is nothing because it was kind of I was yeah. giving people the idea that anyone can learn any language at any time, which I still <laughs> believe today. But yeah. then the subtitle was except sounding like a native Danish speaker. There's <laughs> 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 just a bit of humor there, but yeah. Well, have you have you met any any non-Danes who managed to to speak Danish like a Dane? I mean, we're talking like people who lived there for thirty years, maybe twenty, thirty years. Yeah. People who are essentially Danish, right. they're definitely citizens and they've yeah. lived there all life. Then, yeah, but yeah. in terms of like somebody, somebody, somebody studied, like me, you just learned it. No, but, no. <laughs> and it's not to discourage people because in in pronunciation, it's one of the most forgiving disciplines of language learning. Right? You know, you can sound pretty bad and still be understood, which is for me yeah. the goal anyway to be understood. So. Just yeah. because you don't sound like a native speaker doesn't mean that you can't use the language and it doesn't mean that we, we Danish people would, you know, not appreciate you trying or we would stop communicating with you because you mispronounced the word or anything. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. When I went to Denmark a few years ago, you know, I tried to speak Danish with people. I didn't know much at the time, but I used what little I knew and people were happy to speak Danish to me. Yeah. I found in some places, you know, if you speak the language, local language badly, there's Switch to English if they can. Yeah. No, they don't, they don't, they don't typically do that, but you might find us, uh, funnily enough, if we're speaking to Swedish people, we might do that in English instead, which is really <laughs> weird. It's like yeah. carbon copies languages, you know, they're almost the same, but, uh, just speak English because it's like a lingua franca, I guess, like a bridge language. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a video yesterday about that. It was like a Dane and a Swede. And the Dane said something in Danish and the Swede tried to repeat it and then said, she said the same thing in, in Swedish and the Danish guy tried to repeat it. Yeah. And she really had trouble. The Swedish girl had really tr- a lot of trouble saying the Danish, but the Danish guy could say the Swedish no problem at all. Yeah. Uh, that's the typical thing I hear as well is that of the Scandinavian languages, Danish is by far the hardest to actually understand. And I can give people a few tips about that because there's really not that many words that mess up that process, but 
There's a few words where in Denmark we cut off the ending. This yeah. is this is quite typical for many languages. Yeah. In Danish, it's, there are a few of the words that are they're just so off. They're said so often that mm. if you don't understand that cutting off, then it just doesn't work. So some yeah. of the verbs that you could hear a lot is something like "bliver," you know, to be. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody says "bliver," even though that's mm. like the dictionary form. Everyone yeah. says "bliver." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's like you take the V-E-R ending yeah. and just put an apostrophe there. Yeah. It's just Blia. It's, it's a double stop, isn't it? Yeah, well, Blia. You got that no. some, at the end of some words, haven't you? Certainly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I would say it's not as pronounced here. Sometimes I can't hear it myself because it's just so ingrained in me. But I don't think for this one, Blia. No, no, okay. no, it's not, is it? No. But um, And then yeah. the other... The, the other word is something like uh, kune. Mm-hmm. If you read in the dictionary, it would say kune. Yeah. It's uh, I could or could have. Yeah. And it, nobody says that. Everyone says ku. Ku. Yeah. So, so for instance. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, you could go the. Yeah, that's the, yeah. like, the. Or, yeah, you could say something like kuduli uh, melon. Did you like the food? Mm-hmm. Nobody would say kune. Uh, yeah. And could again, we, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'll just try and say that. Was that could we, could we mel? Yes, exactly. So the, that's the, very good. The D I find difficult because sometimes yeah. it seems to disappear. Sometimes it's kind of the sound. Yes. So sometimes. for uh, for for to like, yeah, which is in the sentence there. So dictionary form L I D E. Yeah. Which is also to suffer, interestingly enough. But anyway, let's. Uh, the stick to like. Um, yeah. You n- never hear anyone say "lide." If no. they do, that means to suffer. But we'd ca- cut it off and we just say "lide." Okay. And that might have a slight little stop at the end there. So, yeah. so if we say the sentence again, mm. "Did you like the food?" "Ku du li melden." Melden. Ku du li melden. Yes. Yes. So you see how if you if you didn't know hmm. those abbreviated because you know going from kuna yeah. to ku that's like that's a huge difference yeah so I I think there are not there are not too many of these words that you hear all the time that are so abbreviated that you misunderstand them but that's just something to to really keep an eye out for that they are the same words yeah and, and no Danish person would would say the full thing because it just it's too long, too awkward, you know, when you can just, like, why would I say kuna if I could just say kudu? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, yeah. did you kudu? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, that's, that's how Danish works, basically. We, we, that's why we get, people complain that we kind of eat the end, ends of words and then we kind of, you know, they've used worse words than that to describe it, but we basically cut off all the endings. Yeah. And that's the example. I wouldn't say we cut off every ending, but, in no, that's script. that's the thing you need to learn, isn't it? Which ones you pronounce, yes. which ones you don't. And you asked about the D. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that's trial and error. But yeah, yeah. sometimes D is pronounced, very strongly pronounced. Obviously, at the start of a word, like uh, Denmark, you know, there's yeah. a D. But yeah. uh, it goes entirely silent in other places. Mm. Like, uh, for instance, D, you know, if, if you said Li, then, yeah. then yeah. it just disappears. <laughs> um, 
And uh, sometimes people say it sounds like an L, mm. which is not so, something that I can hear. Yeah, I get that sometimes. Yeah. I hear it differently, but some people yeah. say that if I say the word Hila, yeah, people say that that sounds like an L, but uh, that doesn't doesn't sound like an that's L. That's a double D. Yeah, so that's a, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So H E D D E R would be Hila. Hila. Yeah. Have the close stop in the mid, middle. Yeah. Hila. So it's not Hila. You know, you don't drag it out. It's just Hitler. Yeah. So how how would you say what? Bell. Bell. That sounds like an L there. Does it? To me, yeah. So yeah, it's like Vel. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, if you're a child yeah. and you're asking a lot of questions, especially the what yeah. type, then you might say Vel. <laughs> yeah, Vel. Kind of like D sound at the end there, but yeah, yeah, I have heard it sounds like an L, but yeah, all these uh, things basically, I think, goes back to the beginning of your Danish studies is listen a lot mm. and have a tutor. Correct you on your pronunciation because if you can't hear the difference, then you can't pronounce it correctly. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you need to listen a lot in the beginning to yep. comprehensible input or easier than native level input. And, um, and then you start to understand the difference because I think a lot of people, myself included, we often skip that step because it's boring and <laughs> pronunciation. Who needs that? You know, as long as you can just be understood, then you're fine. But actually, pronunciation isn't just how you speak. It's also how you differentiate between the sounds in your head. So yeah, that's exactly. why listening is so important. Yeah. When I started, well, before I started learning Danish, you know, I, I watched uh, The Killing <laughs> a bit. And <laughs> that's I, not a word to say. Yeah. I don't know what it's called in Danish. Forbrudelsen. Say that again. Forbrudelsen. Forbrudelsen. Yes. Like oh, that. sorry. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the crime in Danish, but I think okay. that's the show. Yeah. There are a few Danish crime shows, and I haven't really watched any of them, and I don't know which the English titles refer to, So, okay. but I think that's the one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one with, with the, the woman detective with the famous um, sweaters. Only heard it from people outside Denmark, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> sure, people in Denmark might be watching it, especially if you have a TV with like the Danish stations on it, Yeah. but I don't have that, and I can't even watch my Danish stuff online. I'd have to like pirate it because of oh, right. uh, restrictions. Yeah, my my brother yeah. had a whole set of DVDs, so we watched them. Right. Just... Yeah. And then when it's I first best. watched it, I hadn't learned any Danish before or any other um, North North Germanic language, mm-hmm. and I could pick out odd words because I know German and a bit of Dutch and English, so there's odd yeah. words that you can pick out. But most of it, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't work out where one word started and the next word ended because it was just. Yeah. All along stream of sound. Very tricky, yeah. That's why now, now when I listen to Danish, you know, I, can, I can hear the words. I don't want to know what all of them mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next get, step. <laughs> yeah, I can get kind of a basic gist of, of some things. It depends what people are talking about and how fast they're talking. And, yeah. If it's an everyday subject that I, I know about, then I can probably understand enough, you know, to get get a, a good idea of what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, let's give people some uh, some that's uh, some inspiration or motivation for Danish. You know, the grammar is very simple. Yeah. There's no verb conjugation, so all every person, whether it's me, you, they, he, she, it, everyone, you does the same in Danish. Yeah. It does change for uh, past and and future, but people are all the same. So that's very simple. Yeah. Um, there are very, there are no cases. Um, yeah. well, not really. Actually, Actually, yeah. there are cases, but not overtly so. 
So for instance, we have different words for, if I say, um, he, uh, he is, uh, he's over there. Yeah. It's a different he than I give him the. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like English, basically. Yes. Yeah. Dative case, you can yeah. call it, I suppose. Um, but, um, yeah, so the, you don't need to memorize all those uh, things. And the, I guess the biggest thing is even if you mess up the, the articles or the genders, we will still understand you. Actually, it will be very difficult to not be understood in Danish as long as you say the right words, you know. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the vocabulary are, are correct, is correct, yeah. then the grammar will follow for sure. Yeah. And okay. yeah. so many loan words as well. So if you speak French, German, or English, yeah. you hear so many words all the time. Mm. Like, um, any word ending in T-I-O-N, any word is ending S-T-O-I-N, all those, uh, any French word we probably yeah. have a version of in Danish, yeah. Uh, which is funny because the pronunciation is different. Mm. So that's like, yeah, different. that can disguise the connection. Yes, definitely. And to yeah. me, that's very confusing. Yeah, that is. You might might understand them when you see them written down, and then you hear them spoken, and you think, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so. um, I think a good one is like genre. That's yeah. a interesting one. So genre in in, Eng, in English. Oh right, yeah. It's like genre. genre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds quite different, doesn't it? It is very yeah. different, yeah. So yeah. Uh, but if you see it in, in writing, yeah, then it's super easy. Yeah. If you speak Norwegian Swedish, obviously Danish is almost yeah. the same language, you just need to get used to the the way it sounds. Uh if you've studied those languages then you'd have a massive benefit. And once you learn Danish, mm. you basically get Norwegian and Swedish for free as well, so mm. that's like 20 million people you can talk to suddenly. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's a good yeah. deal, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I recommend everyone to uh, to give it a try. And Denmark is beautiful, a lot of uh, nature, and there's a lot of green spaces and uh, you know culture, food as well. We we were we had the the best restaurant in the world for a lot of, long time. I'm not yeah. sure if it's there actually. It might be. It might have fallen a few places down the list, but. And uh, no man Copenhagen used to be like the the best restaurant in the world every year. And so we have a lot of things going for us. Um, not weather, I would say, but, uh, mm. it's a few days during the summer where it's nice. Yeah. And you don't get the, the long dark winters like you do in no. Norway and Sweden, do you? The weather in Denmark is actually really mild. Yeah. I'm surprised that a lot of people don't know this, but Denmark is extremely flat. So we don't get the, like the valleys and, you know, uh, the mountains like in Sweden and Norway, which kind of creates this microclimate of really low temperatures and snow and everything. We yeah. barely get any snow in Denmark. Uh, I'll say the winter, if it gets, if it goes into freezing, it's quite unusual. And mm. uh, there's rarely any snow that sticks, which is funny because I think the weather here in England is actually worse than in, in <laughs> Denmark. But, but for some reason, when I come here and, I tell them from Denmark, they're like, oh, you have, you must have like really cold winters and stuff. And I'm like, it's about the same here, really, except it rains less in Denmark. Yeah. In like living in Manchester in the north of England, it's like 200 and something rainy days a year. <laughs> yeah. So, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. You would recommend, yeah, learning Danish. Yeah. I think for an English speaker or a French or German speaker, it's not too difficult to learn. No. no. The pronunciation, as we said, is quite a challenge. But, but you uh, have a lot of rewards as well. Like you mentioned uh, that one 
movie, but there are a lot of Danish shows that have seen a lot of critical acclaim worldwide, like especially the crime shows. Yeah. Um, so if you want to, if you like watching crime shows, then I would highly recommend it. Um, but of course, you know, it's a, it's a small country with mm-hmm. six million people or so. And so the utility of learning it might be a little bit on the low side, but it would definitely be unusual. You know, there are not that many uh, learners of Danish in uh, abroad. So if you're, if you're working in an industry where you might need to travel or have different regions, then you know, it could be a, a big boost to your CV to have some skills in the Scandinavian languages because you get that like three for one deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One for the price. Well, three for the price of one, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. That's exciting. We can speak it on the cruise, you know, we can speak Danish and yeah. just uh, <laughs> get a little bit, uh, you know, have a few drinks and then the Danish comes easier. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's another thing we haven't mentioned. The, uh, the polyglot cruise, which, um, was supposed to happen. Was it last week? Yes. Um, uh, very sad about that. Yeah. It's a, it's an event for language enthusiasts and, well, basically people who like to travel and see parts of the world and maybe learn the language in the process. Yeah. We were about, I think we were about 50 people mm-hmm. going. Uh, but then of course, with all this going on, eventually the cruise line, you know, had to cancel and we made the decision to cancel way before the cruise line did. Yeah. Because we just saw where it was going. We didn't want to risk anything and the participants were coming from all over the world. Um, but so what we've done instead is we've moved to next year. So in April 2021, it's going to be the first Polygon cruise. And if you've been to the Polygon gathering or the Polygon conference, Langfest over in Montreal, um, you will know kind of part of it because that's like the conference. We've got a few amazing speakers. Yeah. And, but apart from that, you're on a luxury cruise ship, so you can have a great holiday. We're going to have five or six stops in the Mediterranean Sea, so you can get off and practice your languages and see the local cultures like in Italy and Malta, Mallorca, and so on, and then just get to know people in the group or go to the spa and be yourself for a day if you want to do yeah. that. It's a very flexible kind of holiday, and yeah. I'm very excited to, to, to do that and so grateful for the participants who – uh, supported us by, you know, basically booking a brand new event that like nobody's been like that has been done before mm. in, in our little community. And a lot of people supported it. Like I said, we were almost 50 people for the first one here. And a lot of people were happy to kind of push their booking to next year, which is super helpful for a small business owner. You know, I didn't have to deal with, you know, 50, uh, refund, um, what they called the uh, fees, payment processing fees and, you know, dealing with all that. Um, yeah. Potentially losing out. So I'm really grateful for that. And, you know, if we can be a hundred people, that's kind of the limit, I think, to this event. I want it to be very social and give people a lot of time to get to know each other and hang out with some amazing polyglots. Uh, but if we can get a hundred for next year, then I'm going to be extremely happy and we're going to have a, we're going to have a great time regardless. But, uh, yeah, I think I, I might go on it next year. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah so it's going to be the same itinerary as, as it would have been this year. Yes, uh, almost. I mean, they haven't published the itinerary yet, but they mm-hmm. they run that trip every year. And if there's any variations, it will be you know just different parts of the countries that are involved. Yeah. So maybe so different starting places. in Barcelona. Starting in Barcelona, yeah. And so it's a it's a week long. So it is a bit of a long one, but it, it's really not a it's not a week long conference like ten hours of presentations a day. It's like a week of build your own holiday kind of thing. And we have a, a VIP area special for us where we can come and 
and and hang out for a few hours a day, mm. and we'll hear maybe one or two presentations, and then yeah. do some socializing, some networking, maybe some people interested in in how to turn languages into a career, like like we have done. Yeah. And, and so that would be a perfect opportunity for people to come and get that information, but it's very limited, so you can kind of decide how much you want to do, mm. or if you want to go and do something else, like you know you can go to the bar, or, yeah, uh, just go to the pool or whatever you want to do really that's that's the beauty of it yeah yeah sounds great okay well i think um that's enough for the, this this uh podcast awesome. so thank you very back. much uh, yeah. chat about, there's so many other things we could we could chat about in the future yeah so. i know we could just go on all day couldn't we yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, um, for now let's 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 bring it to a close shall we um so where can people find you so the main one is actual fluency. That's yeah. my uh, random name. And some people ask me how I came up with it. And it's basically like fluency plus random word. And yeah. uh, that's how I came up with it. Yeah. We could talk about what is fluency, but leave that to another time, I think. Yeah. What is actual fluency? That's, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> is it different from normal fluency? Yeah. Well, it depends what your definition of fluency is. Some people say it's like mastery. But I believe it's more like the German exclusive of flowing. Yeah. That's really my definition where can you have a free flowing conversation without pausing every two seconds? Yeah. Do you understand like most of what people tell you? Then I would say you're pretty fluent in my world anyway. But yeah. some people insist it's like beyond the perfect. It's like native plus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how that works, but you know, yeah. some people just have that idea. Yeah, well, people are perfectionists, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's fluency too. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much. And I'm going to stop recording now, so... All right, thank you, Sam. Goodbye. So you can find Chris's website at actualfluency.com. Now, on these podcasts, I usually include a, a couple of tunes. At the beginning, you heard part of the Hedgecats, which is my theme tune, played on the piano. And now we have another tune which I wrote quite a few years ago called The Loose Moose or Er Erk Ries. This is played on the harp. Thank you.
that's all I have to say for today. I hope you found this interesting and informative. I plan to have more interviews with other interesting people on future episodes. If you'd like to take part in this podcast, we can do an interview via Skype um, or Zoom if you prefer, wherever online platforms are available. You can find me at omniglots.com. You can find notes on this and other episodes at radio.omniglots.com. My name is Simon Ager. You can contact me at feedback at omniglot.com. So that's all from me. Um, Thanks for listening and goodbye.